Hello, my beautiful beanies, and welcome to The Bean for Tuesday. First with yesterday's news, I am Glenn ZB. We're looking back at Monday. Uh, now, Mick Fleetwood will pop up at the end of this podcast, just for a little bit of light relief, really, because uh, there was really only one thing that anybody wanted to talk about, hosts, listeners, just people who were randomly walking past, uh, and that is the Spark Sport debacle. Uh, let's start at the start. Nobody starts startier than Kay Hawksby. That was only 132,000 people streaming or trying to stream. 132,000. That is tiny numbers for an All Blacks game in a World Cup, which would usually attract at least half a million viewers, which made me think, are people just not bothering? Or are too many people unable to get this streaming service? Or are large numbers of people just way smarter than us and have figured out this would always be the case and they're just waiting for all the games to crop up on free-to-air TV? Disappointingly, Spark tried to play the PR card and minimise the cluster by saying a small percentage of customers were experiencing streaming quality issues. Why would you try to make this sound like an itsy-bitsy, teeny-weeny technical glitch? Why downplay it? Why pretend it was only affecting a handful of people? We know what's going on. It's crap. It doesn't work. It should never have been allowed to happen. Rugby is this country's biggest sport, and the ABs in a World Cup year should be readily available for everyone to enjoy. This frantic scrambling of people to buy new TVs, download new technology, sort apps, buy new routers and modems and Wi-Fi boosters, what bollocks? Why should everyone have to jump through all these hoops just to end up with buffering, blurry and blank screens? Let's call it for what it is, a failed experiment, and let's get the whole World Cup free to wear from here on. Uh, so somebody I work with keeps going on about how, yes, there are 132,000 streams, but of course that actually means more people watching. You've got people in pubs, uh, households, you know, generally there's more than one per... So it's not, that doesn't actually translate directly into viewers. But uh, I don't know why I brought that up. I think it's because he keeps banging on about it. There was a lot of banging on yesterday, a lot of banging on. But really, you do have to take your hat off for the way Spark have owned the problem. They put the All Blacks game on free-to-air Duke Channel. They've offered partial and full refunds. They've apologised. And they say that they're hoping the problem that came out of the US has been resolved. Streaming is the way of the future, and while it's commonplace overseas, it's still pretty new here. There had been a few issues in the lead-up to the Rugby World Cup, and when I installed the Smart View. I was hoping that all would go well. I knew this would be the biggest test yet for Spark with the All Blacks game and that there might be problems. I was hopeful of but not expecting a seamless broadcast. You know, the fact that I got one bonus. Hopefully Spark will have the issue sorted in time for the next big game. But even if the streaming experience has the same glitches, at least Spark has a plan B. It's not like we won't be able to see the rugby at all. So they have a plan B. And really, while their coverage might not have been perfect for some people, their PR's bang on. They've handled this as well as could be expected, I believe. I'd love to know your opinion. If you were one of those affected, is what Spark has offered good enough? Now, it's pretty easy for me to say they've done a good job when I'm very happy with the service. Yeah, it's a weird thing, isn't it? Because, of course, not everybody um, had a disastrous night. 
And so for the people who it worked for, they're perfectly happy. It's a weird, weird thing. What about Beryl? I think it's important we hear what Beryl has to say, don't you? All right, if we've got to put up with one having to put up with this rugby test, mm. and I can't say to you that I haven't looked at it, especially between the um, South Africa and um, or the All Blacks, mm. but they've also got it on Duke because somewhere along the line, Sparks failed other people. I just think it's greedy to have it shown in so many places. And I'd, I, again, repeat, Coronation Street should remain, get rid of Short Brain, Shortland Street, and shove it there. <laughs> can, can, when did you start calling Shortland Street Short Brain Street? Well, to me, that's what it is. I've never watched it. And I think anyone that watches it has got a short brain. <laughs> <laughs> Beryl, you are, a, you are a pistol. Here's the, here's the deal, though, that, that, that you're, unfortunately you are the collateral damage uh, right. when, um, when the future i.e. Spark Sports, streaming, etc., doesn't work and we have to go to plan B. I'm sorry, that's just, you just have to accept that there are probably more people going to be watching, um, you know, going to be wanting to watch the Rugby World Cup than uh, we'll, you know, do the catch-up on Coro Street. Tim, I accept that. It's a, it's a patriotic it's... thing, Beryl. Yeah. Well, yes, I understand. And look, I don't want to totally begrudge him because I actually did watch the South Africa. I'm not going to watch the rest of the, maybe the final. I'll just see if, if New Zealand's involved. And I'm a bit patriotic. Mm. I just begrudge it's greedy to sort of have it on free-to-air on one and then have it again on Duke because um, Sparks failed somewhere along the line. It's just greedy. It's monopolising, um, you know, too many um, of the stations just for one one thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, Beryl makes a good point. Nobody's thinking about the stuff that's being replaced on the TVNZ channels just to show Sparks rugby. Everybody's just going, oh, yay, they've, they've put the rugby somewhere. But I felt a bit sorry for all those people who were tuning in for uh, a succession of old Simpsons episodes uh, the other night. Uh, just so they could have Ireland, Scotland. Um... What does Marcus think? They awarded the rights to a company that was not match fit. They didn't have the kit and the wherewithal to deliver live broadcasts of our national game. So I think we have every reason to be furious. And once again, an own goal and stupid decisions that go back to Cess Blasey's time from the rugby, from the rugby union. I mean, why, oh, why, you know, greedy for money, but they've just furthermore lost the love of the fans. Should have left it with with Sky or free to air, but that's what they've done. You know, wouldn't you, if you wanted to try out Spark and how they could deliver a service, given the MPC or the Super 15, but not the World Cup, not the first match, because this first match is the most important match of the tournament. It was a bloody mess. Yeah, it, when you know that when Marcus is just as angry about the issue of the day as everybody else, it's a big thing, which is why we're going to stop talking about it now and listen to Mick Fleetwood talk, talk instead. Now, you're a very busy guy and a, and a rock star, obviously, so how on earth have we ended up with you doing a charity event in New Zealand? Well, we've been on an extended tour all over the world, and I was asked to do, we've just finished uh, about, how many gigs we do here? Three? Uh, was it three or four? No, no. Five. 
Five shows. Five. That's Jamie, by the way. Yeah, that's Jamie. And uh, I know Neil Finn extremely well. He's singing with Fleetwood Mac, as mm. you know. And he's been connected to this charity, uh, from all accounts, for quite some time as a supporter. And uh, so Bob Gildoff uh, was, I don't know him, I spent the whole day with him today. He's a great, great chap. And it's for an incredible creative cause and figured that I'm uh, planning on spending a few days after the fact, uh, mainly because the Finn family live here. Yes. And here I am. Supporting. So basically, Neil Finn roped you in. No, L- lucky actually, us. Actually, not. Or, or I. It was not directly. Yeah. So it's just as a coincidence. I'm mentioning that uh, he's been a big supporter of the the creative uh, process in, in more than many ways in this country. So Mick, you're doing this thing with with Bob Galdoff tonight, right? This is the first time you've met him, and you've just spent a day with him for the first time. It's the first time that I met him, and when we met in the hotel lobby, I was on my walk yesterday going round the the, the seafront, the, yeah. the wharf there, and I'm you know in a vague just doing my <laughs> thing, and I do a double take. I go like, "That's Sir Bob Gildoff, I'm sure it is." And by the time I turned sort of around and sort of took stock of what was going on, he was gone. Oh yeah. So I asked him this morning. I said. Were you? It was him. So we we passed with literally passed each other, shoulder to shoulder yesterday. And I said, "Well, we didn't meet, but we're meeting." Has he still got that hair thing going on? He's got plenty of all, hair. All the hair. I'm, I'm deadly jealous. All right, this has got into an uncomfortable area for me now. Uh, I don't like people talking about people with hair, so we'll leave it there. Uh, that has been News Talk ZB uh, for Tuesday. We'll see you back here again tomorrow. No hair talk. It'll be a hair talk free zone.